Welcome to the Eyes Wide Open Life podcast. I'm Rocco. This is a special short episode dedicated to my thoughts on the movie that just came out on Netflix called Don't Look Up. <clears throat> I'm, I'm actually blown away by a number of things. How cutting the satire is, how, how accurate, clever, poignant, like brutally accurate it is. What, what picture, what mirror it holds up to us at the moment. Um, what, what the response of the public has been, it's, it's fucking mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. The, the quality of responses, the, the, the level of missing the point that's happening, I, I don't even really know how to answer that, how to speak to it, how to make sense of it, <clears throat> except it's, it's yet more of a showcase of the deep confusion and dysfunction that the movie basically is painting a picture of. So here's the very short episode. Hope you enjoy. Netflix released a movie on the 24th of December called Don't Look Up. The synopsis, according to Netflix, is two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour in America to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, and actually quite an outstanding cast of, of actors. According to me, it's an incredibly well-written um, satire. It's very poignant, very cutting. It's a very biting satire. Satire is aimed, um, is comedy that's aimed to poke fun at power. <clears throat> and this satire has its like crosshairs very clearly and accurately, I feel, aimed at politicians, dysfunctional media, dysfunctional social media, and a dysfunctional society, and the interplay of how badly each of these bits are incentivized and what you get in the face of real need or real uh, disaster, how this dysfunction all coordinates and acts together. So obviously it's funny. It's well acted. I enjoyed the, the screenplay. It's got some great scenes, great quotes. It's just a fantastic movie all around. But <clears throat> I, I put out three very rapid-fire tweets um, about that movie. Now, if anybody that's been following my work, been listening to my podcast episodes on Nick Gregoriadis' Liberation Mental Podcast, my own frequent repetitions, about the fact that, to borrow paraf to paraphrase Sam Harris, our society is sleepwalking to Armageddon. <clears throat> We're dealing with a, a bunch of compounding problems that act, interact very, very, um, in an incendiary, very compounding way on each other and create some pretty frustrating chaotic results, which is basically dismantling society as we know it. So my three, my three tweets about the movie was, number one, there exists no clearer mirror of humanity in 2021, nor will there ever exist a clearer mirror, ever. The second tweet was, we should be, in equal and extreme measure, 
delighted with the accuracy flashed in the mirror of a reality that was always there but we couldn't quite focus on, like an itch that finally got scratched. And equally horrified by what we see in that mirror. The third tweet is, if you replace the apocalyptic disaster scenario with any number of possible alternatives, man-made or otherwise, but you keep the perfect storm of compounding dysfunctional anti-synergy, of terribly incentivized science, journalism, terribly incentivized pop journalism, social media, pop media, politics, capitalism, and an apathetic, ignorant population, you have a prescient documentary of how our civilization will end. So I've since then seen on social media, um, you know, friends, families uh, commenting on the movie, and their comments are quite predictable, actually. And so my fourth tweet should have been predictable. And here it is. If you think <clears throat> this movie, the theme, the message, is about your side of the pandemic divide and proves how stupid the other side are, more the fool you. This is about so very much more than one narrow global issue. You will see in this movie what you want to see. Some people think it's about wokeness or the pandemic or global warming. And as with the Indian parable of the five blind sages and the elephant, they are all a little right, but ultimately wrong. All of them. The bigger picture means all dichotomies are false dichotomies. That's what emotionally driven programming is. That's what a lack of critical thinking is. When you look at something that's clearly a satire to poke fun at the whole scenario we're all facing, and you see some clear message just for your camp. If you watch that movie, don't look up. If you watch that movie and you walk away thinking it's about the vaccine or about anti-vaxxers, you are seeing this movie as you see the world through the lens of your own chosen bullshit. Everything we fear, everything we covet, everything we hate, everything we avoid, everything we pursue controls us. What we have is a perfect storm of human weaknesses that are unnoticed and unmoderated in ourselves and everyone around us. We have various games of democracy politics, capitalism, and attention capture. And the forms of attention capture are social media, news media, and all of it, all of it, is badly and terribly incentivized. Politicians are incentivized to win elections, not to serve the people. Corporate companies, including pharmaceuticals, including tech companies, are incentivized to control consumers and make profits, not to serve customers or add value to the world. If any value does exist or does transpire, it's incidental. Journalism and media are incentivized to capture and retain audience through distraction, entertainment, and emotional manipulation, not to inform the public or act like watchdogs of corrupt politicians or watchdogs against rapacious corporate interests. That's what they should be doing, but they don't do that. 
every system we rely on for society to function, every system we could rely on to cooperate and coordinate in the interests of solving problems or rebuilding society after a disaster, every one of those systems is terribly incentivized and is thoroughly, thoroughly overwhelmed. You get what you incentivize. We've allowed these key systems in our society to be managed by all the wrong values. This movie, Don't Look Up, is a showcase. It's like a documentary almost of how our civilization will end. It's no longer a question of if. It is now a matter of when. There is not a single issue that people can agree on. And everything, everything that we disagree about can be further influenced by misinformation, people's lack of critical thinking, how we don't really understand how to read or process data or how to read or process scientific <clears throat> findings, how we don't understand how to read statistics to, in order to arrive at facts. This is an excerpt from my coming book. Multiple things can each be true without being mutually exclusive. Such things that are different but true at the same time differ by perspective, context, scope, scale. There is a now classic parable called the blind men and the elephant, which originated in ancient Indian subcontinent, but from where it has been widely adopted and adapted, and everyone's familiar with the story. Essentially, it is a story of a group of blind men or blind sages who, having never come across an elephant and who are invited to describe their learned truth, of a thing by studying the object from their rich but ultimately narrow first-person perspective. And the parable plays out in the explanations that they give as to what they're encountering. Naturally, each of the men, being focused on a different part of the elephant, accurately recount very different truths from their own perspectives. In some versions of the parable, there is a suspicion that each of the other collaborators might be dishonest or lack sufficient wisdom. So each person who thinks he's holding the trunk of a tree or the a snake or a boulder or a, a smooth spear, he either believes the other people are fools or he believes that they are being dishonest somehow. And what this tells us, because we know what the moral of the story is, somebody walks along and of course says you're all a little bit right, but you're all utterly, um, ultimately wrong. It's an elephant, right? So the moral is it's possible to be very wrong and still feel very right and have everything at your fingertips confirm the veracity of your claim. It's possible to be wrong about only one small thing and to be right about almost everything else. And it is possible for that one small thing to matter more than all the rest. The movie Don't Look Up is about how we continue, in Sam Harris's words, to sleepwalk to Armageddon. It is about what will happen because we cannot wake up. The audience reaction is precisely about what happens when people who are really triggered about their chosen cause of crusade see in the movie only what they are able to see. And instead of opening their eyes and waking up, they double down and they're now more convinced than ever. If you cannot see, if you cannot see how cuttingly accurate the satire in this movie is about the apathy of the public, the politicization of every single issue, the ineptitude of politicians, the fact that they're not remotely there for honorable reasons, the warped incentives of pop media, the warped incentives and the distended amount of civic control that corporations wield 
like social media corporations, tech corporations, pharmaceutical corporations, and what the risk is of remaining apathetic and ignorant. The movie literally is a showcase of the cost of ignorance. There is a quote in the movie when one of the lead characters reflects on his life and the situation of humanity as it's sort of unfolding, this potential Armageddon that seems to be looming in a really close time horizon, like hours rather than decades away. And he says, we really did have it all, didn't we? We have it all. Our species has survived impossible odds to be here. <clears throat> the arc of progress isn't a sure thing. There is no obligation this universe has to be benevolent towards us or to give us any kind of special treatment. No one else is coming. No Messiah, no Buddha, no advanced alien race to save us from ourselves. There's no deus ex machina, plot device, plot twist that's going to save us in the last minute. But we are so incredibly empowered right now to start listening and to start processing generational trauma. And if there is something that is coming, some disaster, some, some challenge, and at this stage there are a dozen morbid and very likely scenarios, the absolute tragedy will be not just the loss of potential, the music that was not made or not heard, the sunrises that were not witnessed and mulled at, love that was not made, food that was not enjoyed, lessons that were not learned, discoveries and wonder in the world that was not encountered. That is a tragedy. The essence of the word tragedy is not just when the bad outcome happened. It is when the bad outcome happens and it was avoidable. So that's my synopsis, a rant of sorts. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I try to remain circumspect, but there's a, there's a moment in the movie where the lead character, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he's in a some form of you know talk show sort of a thing he sat at the desk and the the two co-hosts are like co-hosts too keeping everything light and preppy and and really just portraying like almost a professional veneer of of um of ignorance the kind of conversational silly meme level humor that it's and meme level preoccupation with real triviality that it takes to to keep the masses stimulated and engaged at that level <clears throat> and he he watches slowly as as the the opportunity to to share the dire circumstances of what he knows to the audience that he can't directly engage with beyond the camera and everybody around him is acting like the more trivial, just arbitrary bullshit of life, the jokes, the the commentary about, you know, uh, our exes and the the political jibes and the the bullshit around, you know, uh, influencers and, and, and starlets and celebs, how this sort of captures everybody's attention and concern so much more thing than things that we really should be concerned about. And the character cracks the fucking shits. He loses it. And, and here I am. I mean, there was such a telling moment for me because here I am so carefully trying to artfully open people's eyes and share the, 
just unavoidable moment that we're facing and what the implications are of our apathy and our ignorance and our, our childish, nihilistic arguing from ignorance and willing to cut our nose to spite our face and hating the other group so that we lock ourselves into such small, petty arguments. The preoccupation with, with trivial bullshit. And the argument is from the audience in the movies, um, you know, we don't want to listen to all this negative stuff, just keep it light, keep it positive. But this guy loses it because if we stand to lose everything, everything, and nobody seems to care, not, 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 not enough. And the, the, most, the best version of an argument that I've heard is, man, there's so much negativity in the news, I just can't take any more. I'm, I'm switching off. I can't listen anymore. That, that is the definition of apathy. And the cure for apathy is discomfort. In our lives, all of our moments of apathy eventually arrive at moments of discomfort where we have to, we become so uncomfortable, we, we have to move and we have to change. And so the only cure for apathy is discomfort. And therefore, the only cure for extreme apathy is extreme discomfort. And that means, by definition, that we are, we are playing chicken with nature and we will fucking lose. Anyway, I really spared a thought for that character, and I don't know how much more I can bite my tongue. And the quality of arguments coming back um, from, you know, my community and, and, and small group of followers of the podcast and of my Instagram page, things like, um, oh, the movie has nothing to share to me because it's made by Hollywood and Hollywood are, are elite and corrupt. That, that represents such a, a galling poverty of reasoning and a misplaced distrust. How, how if, if there was a fire and you were a staunch Democrat and the firemen that came to put out the fire or to warn you to protect your house were Republicans and therefore you didn't believe them or you didn't trust the water that came out of their Republican fire engine. That is, that is the ignorance and the stupidity that we're busy trying to pass off as some form of moral high ground or holding the line. We are so desperately ignorant about the danger that we're facing and the, the risks of our lack of critical thinking it's it's becoming quite alarming and i'm working on a book called um the downfall of man and the the subtitle of the book was the enthusiast's handbook for avoiding armageddon <clears throat> i've had to change that it's now subtitled the enthusiast handbook for surviving armageddon because i genuinely genuinely believe with no sense of alarm that it's now long, no longer a matter of if, but a, a consideration of when we're going to face a ecological crisis of global proportions. That we're already in 
the throes of, that we somehow simply cannot see. There is a time of testing and undoing that is well and truly upon us now. The sheer momentum of this moment that has risen for the past hundred generations like a storm that has already breached the banks of what we might once have been able to step back from, the fury of which is not fully broken yet, but it will. A very difficult future is almost inevitable now. In fact, I would say it is inevitable. There is a coming crisis that will utterly and decisively undo everything that we cling to, and no one will be spared. There is no wall high enough. There is no bank account big enough that will spare even the people that imagine themselves powerful and above and made immune by their money and their control. No one will be spared the impact of what will come and take everything from us. But despite that sober and dark picture of a coming storm, there has to be hope. And that's literally the point of of this podcast and of the book that I'm busy writing. So on that frustrating and alarming note, um, I'll leave you. And I hope to see you back here soon. If you have any questions, email me info at eyeswideopenlife.org. I really would love to hear from you. And good luck with the rest of a dwindling 2021. And let's brace ourselves for 2022. I'll be putting out a uh, lengthy podcast called 2021 in Retro, where I'm going to uncover my whole year in retrospect, everything that I did, achieved, all my successes, gains, failures of the project, the podcast, the Instagram page, and the various um, overlapping projects that I'm working on at the moment. See you soon.